Fish and Robinson's Laughter Compendium. Welcome back to MasterChef Unprofessionals. It's the semi-final and our chefs are just one hour away from service. Hi Annika, what are you cooking for us today? Well, the judges asked for a medium rare steak and twice cooked chunky chips. So I'm doing you a well done steak with mashed potato. Brilliant. Love it. (gasps) Oh no! Annika has dropped her steak on the floor. Annika, what are you going to do? I'm going to put the steak back on the plate, Greg. Anna girl. Meanwhile, Sarah is getting behind with her mane of a rare pork chop with fries. Hi, Sarah. Tell me what's going on. Uh, sorry, I'm just on the phone. OK, I just have to remind you that you've got one hour left, Sarah. Just one hour left. Yeah, can you tell them the main's going to be a bit late, Soz? Hi, you still there, babe? Yeah, so anyway, then he tells me he doesn't think he's cut out for relationships. Get your pan, Sarah! Breaking news. Sharon dropped a plate. Welcome back to Happy Happy Daytime Morning Stuff, where we tackle the nation's most inoffensive stories because we know we're just on in the background while you work from home. Today we're talking lockdown two. You mean lockdown boo! (laughs) Precisely! That's right. This morning we'll be talking to lockdown queen Serena Van Housen, the lady that got us through lockdown one with her incredibly popular lockdown blog, Stay at Home Mum. Hello, Serena. Oh, um, hello. Serena, c- can you hear us? Yeah. Good morning, Serena. So you were hailed as the lockdown queen last lockdown for your inspirational recipes, uplifting workouts and fun ideas for keeping little minds occupied. What have you got in store for us in lockdown two? I don't know, to be honest. You don't know? No, I'm out of ideas. Oh, so um, no, no new lockdown workouts? If you consider the walk from my sofa to the fridge a workout. No delicious banana bread recipes? If I see another banana bread, I'm going to shove it up Santa's arm. <laughs> um, but, but you must have some great ideas for all the mums and dads in lockdown. Oh, I, I did have one, actually. Yes? Yeah, I uh, invented a game with my kids called Lockdown Lockup. Ooh, brilliant! Sounds really fun. How does it work? You know those really big dog crates? You don't mean... It's just that, basically. Oh, my... Oh, gotta go. My pizza's here. It's 9am. Yep. Merry lockdown too, motherfucker. OK. Thank you, Serena. I think we'll move on to our next call-in now. Do you have some kind of annoyance with your bins? Let's take our first caller. Hello, Karen. Breaking news. Poor Leslie's gone and fractured her arm. Ouch! Morning lads, thanks for joining today's meeting. Now, as you all know, we recently took over the feminine hygiene brand Toujours. Now, Toujours wants us to expand their product range, so today we're going to have a little brainstorming sesh, come up with some product ideas they can use. Who wants to kick us off? Jerry? Right, 
morning, everyone. So I was thinking about how women like pee and have their period from the same place, right? Mm, mm-hmm. It must be so annoying. So I was thinking about a tampon that's split in two so that the pee gets rooted through one bit and the blood through the other. So they don't have to take the tampon out every time they want to pee. Really smart, Jerry. I'll add it to the board. Diverter tampon. Anyone else? Yes, Phil? Yeah, I had an idea. I was doing a bit of market research into jewellery and I found out stars and moons are quite in with females now, which got me thinking about those moon cup things. What if we did one shaped like a crescent moon or a full moon? That could really tap into the celestial trend. Sorry, Phil, I'm not familiar with moon cups. It's like a cup that goes, you know, like up there for for periods. Jesus. Okay, moon-shaped moon cups. I like it. We could put a pea diverter in that too. Brilliant. We could do a whole range. Celestial goddess. Tampons with moon and star-shaped rhinestone studs. I've seen a lot of those on women's things. Yeah. Might be a charm on the end of the tampon string. My wife loves those on her phone. Great, great. Yes, Sam. I was just having a look through my girlfriend's stuff and found some of those pads they stick on their vaginas if they don't want to use tampons. They might be uncomfortable to take off. Like the the, 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 the hair must get stuck to them and stuff. But was just wondering if we could do some that stick on their pants instead. Wouldn't the blood, like, get out the sides? Oh, yeah. Good point. Mm, not sure there, Sam. Uh, Mark, do you have anything? Chocolate tampons? Women do like their chocolate. Uh, yes, Chris. Well, I was just thinking it might be really annoying to have to remember to buy all this stuff every month or put things up there if, if you don't want to. And I wondered if there was an easier way. Maybe like a kind of absorbent material we could make pants out of. So they don't have to worry about tampons or pads or anything. They can just put these special pants on. So they just, like, bleed into the pants? Yeah. Gross! Then what? Throw them away? No, no, they'd be washable. It'd be great for the company's sustainability reputation as well, actually. Like, my wife would put them in the wash with... with my things. Yeah, I mean... That's disgusting, Chris. Anyone else? Breaking news. Karen perfected her emergency stop. Thank you, thank you. Well. Welcome to the Oval Office, Madam President. And may I add my voice to the chorus of congratulations on winning the 2040 election. Thank you. And to be the first female president. I mean... Thank you. It it really is the greatest honor. What was that? Nothing. What? What was what? I just heard... I'm sure something just ran along the edge of the room there. Oh, no, no. That's nothing. You don't need to worry about that. There was nothing... I know what I saw. It was orange. It... Ran right under the desk just there. <sighs> Madam President, I wouldn't advise. <laughs> what is that? Ah, uh, yes. Look, he used to live here. Live here? You mean... Yes, he was president. It must be about 20 years ago now. And, well, basically, he lost and he wouldn't leave. 
It was so embarrassing. They had to resort to ignoring him in the end, and over time he sort of became part of the furniture. He doesn't remember anything now. You just have to throw him a Twinkie once in a while and he won't bother you. Here. Oh my goodness. H hello Hello there, little fella. W would you like a Twinkie? <laughs> Make my tummy great again. Breaking news. Melanie's kicked off a game of pool. <laughs> Thank you all so much for coming, ladies. Now, I don't know about you, but this month's book had an incredible impact on me and I can't wait to hear what each of you thought about it. There's so much to unpack with this read. And seeing as every month for years on end, we've always gone clockwise around our little circle, Karen, Jill, Jane, Janet, Helen, Heather, Melanie, Lucy, Millie, I thought it was high time that we go anti-clockwise. And start with you, Millie. Mm -hmm. You're always so patient, amusing yourself with the drinks and nibbles while we all get to have our say about these books. And so often, you don't even get to speak because we run out of time. So I thought it only right that you kick things off this evening so we really get to hear what you have to say. Uh... So... What did you think of this month's book? I I thought the book was it was good. Mhm. And the characters they were very good. And what about the message of the book? The message of the book was very um very it was a it was a very Big message. Yes. And what did it make you think in relation to the protagonist? It made me think in relation to the protagonist that that he... He? She... That she wanted to get to... to go. She, she wanted to go away. Right. Well, that's interesting. Or, or stay... Whichever. I mean, you you could kind of think about it either way, couldn't you? Well, I suppose. And what about the setting? Did you feel that the landscape influenced the story? Yes. Yes, I did. How? Um, well, the landscape was was almost a character in itself, wasn't it? Yes, that's so true. Oh, my God. And what did you think the author was trying to communicate regarding the... I liked the dog. Sorry? The dog? I don't remember there being a dog. Uh, oh, I think I think what I mean is is that the, the other character... Oh, what was his name? Mackenzie. Yes, Mackenzie. Mackenzie was like a dog, wasn't he? Because... You know, he was so, um, so loyal. Oh, yes. I see what you mean. And what did you make of the twist at the end? The, tw the twist? Yes, the twist. Well, I, I thought it was very t twisty. A really great twist. Really twisted. The, the story really 
change there, didn't it? And and you found something new out and that was exciting because it was just sort of going in a straight line before the twist happened and then it sort of twisted, which was good. Millie? Y- yes? Thank you so much for your insight. Lucy, what did you think? Um, I... Lucy? I'm sorry, I haven't read it. You don't always make it round the circle this far and I thought I'd get away with it and just drink some wine. I am so sorry. Oh, I see. I'm so sorry. Oh dear, Lucy. Welcome back to MasterChef Unprofessionals. Our chefs have just 15 minutes to go until they dish up. Tom is having some trouble with his ingredients. What's up, Tom? Oh, I've just realised this chicken has gone off. I see. I mean, sell-by dates are, like, overly cautious, aren't they? I couldn't possibly comment, Tom. If I put enough salt on it, you won't even be able to taste anything's wrong, probably, right? So what are you going to do? I'm going to serve the gone-off chicken, Greg. Get it in the pan. Breaking news. Sarah's taking a breather. (sighs) Now, if you've just tuned in, we've been asking you, is November too soon to put up your Christmas decorations? We've heard a few listeners say that they've already spotted trees going up around where they live. And we'd love to know what you think. Now, I believe we have Sarah on the line. Are you there, Sarah? Hiya. Hi, Sarah. What do you think about all this? Will you be waiting till December to put your tree up? It's already up. Whoa, so you're a November Christmas tree person then, Sarah. March. Sorry? March. I put it up in March. Really? Yeah. Started lockdown, I was tidying my spare room and I saw the tree in its box and I just thought, oh, I'll put that up. Cheer myself up a bit. So, you've kept it up since March? All through the summer? Yeah. Not just the tree, mind. I've had all my decks out. Fairy lights everywhere. Singing Santa in the hall. Nativity scene in the window. The whole bit. And Christmas food. Really? Oh, yeah. You'd be amazed how cheap quality street are in June. Oh, I suppose so. Pigs in blankets, turkey roast dinner, Christmas puds, sherry. What, every day? Yeah, and I've been having an advent calendar every month. Helps me keep track of the days. Oh, well that's useful. And will you be keeping them up after Christmas is over? You mad? That's bad luck. Breaking news. Sharon's just gone into labour. Mrs Mason, do you understand the charges made against you? Yes, Your Honour. One count of fly-tipping and... I'd just like to say, um, it's not really my fault. I read that book by Marie Kondo called Spark Joy. It's about tidying and getting rid of things that don't make you happy. And I, I just wanted to get rid of all my old stuff really quickly. Clothes, furniture, it was all really bringing me down, so... So you dumped 
tons of waste in a field. Yes, and I felt so much better. Mrs Mason, you seem to show no remorse. Aren't you scared of going to jail? Of spending years inside a prison cell? To be honest, Your Honour, no. The clean, cool, minimalist aesthetic of a prison cell? I'm kind of into it. As long as I can take my peace, Lily. And what about the second charge? Murder in the first degree. The killing of your own husband. Have you anything to say in your defence before I dismiss the jury to decide their verdict? Um, same thing, really. Ian just didn't spark joy for me anymore. Breaking news. Tim's voice is now lower, thanks to puberty. Hey. Excuse me. Um, Welcome back to Britain's Most Boring Jobs. Here I'm joined by Margaret. Oh, sorry. So what do you do, Margaret? I cut out the squiggly lines around the edges of stamps. Oh, I thought it'd be like a machine to do that. Oh, no. I do every stamp thy hand. And how long have you been doing that then? Fifty years. Every stamp you've ever used, it was me who cut it out. I've done millions of them. Oh, wow. I uh, I hope you don't mind me saying, but that does sound very boring indeed. Oh, yes. It is very boring, yes. Could you give us a demonstration? Oh, yes. You take your sheet of stamps like that. You get your scissors. You cut up this side. In a squiggly line, like so. And then you do that side in a squiggly line. And then you have to start cutting them into strips. And then you do that side in a squiggly line. And you have to start cutting them into strips, you see. And then you cut along the last edge of each little stamp. So they are little individual stamps. Hello. Oh, sorry, Margaret. Wow, that is very repetitive. And, um... And what do you do to relax when you're not working? Oh, I like reading, doing the crossword, playing bowls and paintballing. Breaking news. Julia's off to the Lake District for some (sighs) R&R. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. Once upon a time, 
there lived a very hungry caterpillar who... Sorry, sorry, it's just... I have to say that whilst I usually enjoy the pace of an Eric Carl, I just don't find myself convinced by the main protagonist, given the conventional diet of the Lepidoptera. The what? The caterpillar. Right. Do you have anything else? Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> Basic. Cat in the hat? Well, I suppose you have to admire the rhyme schemes if you can forgive the plot, or lack thereof. Not to mention the obsession with anthropomorphism. I struggle to believe that would come from the mind of a medical professional. Have you got any others? How about the tiger who came to... Oh, please, don't patronise me. Well, I've got The Hobbit left here, but I think that's for older children. I've already read it. On balance, it has to be my favourite of the trilogy. But you're six. I've always been a voracious reader. I had my fifth birthday party at Hay on Wye Festival. Stephen Fry sang me happy birthday before asking me to review his latest effort. Haven't you been? No. Oh, dear. Oh, you simply must go. Oh, right. Welcome back to MasterChef Unprofessionals. Andy has just served the judges his main. Hi, Andy. So we really wanted to see your meat cookery skills today and we asked for a medium-rare steak with twice-cooked chunky chips. Please tell us about your dish. Yep, so I've done you an Italian meringue d'aquoise with a lavender cream. I mean, it's just not what we asked for at all. Not even close. I love it. Thanks. Now, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong, but shouldn't a d'aquoise have nuts on it? Yeah, I'll put nuts on it. I can't see any. Oh, Andy, that's brilliant. I think we have a winner. Breaking news. Clive paid using a £10 note and now has some change for the car park. Did you read about Trump this morning? Yeah. It's so crazy. He's basically trying to say he was chosen by God to lead the country. I know. And he's put all his own family members in positions of power. Yep. He'll probably make sure that that power is passed down to a family member after he's gone too. Probably. And he's holed himself up in a giant fancy house that's pretty much made of gold. Yeah. It's just bizarre. I am so glad we live in a rational country where nothing like that would ever happen. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to watch The Crown? Oh, yeah. Fish and Robinson's Laughter Compendium is a one-eared dog production and was written and performed by Carly Fish and Hannah Robinson. 